This is a very special Driveway Liberty podcast. Does anybody want to hear a big introduction about who he is? Great. We want to welcome John Kennedy, Senator Kennedy. We are so privileged to have him tonight. We had a great luncheon for him today. He's the most outstanding speaker we've ever had here. So welcome to you and thank you for coming. Thanks, Suzanne. You're the best. She's the best. <laughs> a priest and a rabbi <laughs> were sitting next to each other on a plane. And the priest turned to the rabbi and said, uh, Rabbi, do you mind if I ask you a question? And the rabbi said, sure. And the priest said, Rabbi, does your religion still prohibit you from eating pork? And the rabbi said, yes, Father, it does. So the priest and the rabbi thought about that for a second. And the priest uh, looked at the rabbi and said, Rabbi, I've got to ask you another question. Have you ever eaten pork? And the rabbi said, yes, Father, one time. One time before I entered synagogue, I ate a ham sandwich. So the priest and the rabbi sat back and they thought about it for a while. And then the rabbi leaned over to the priest and said, Father, I've got to ask you a question now. And the, uh, the, the, the priest said, sure. And the rabbi said, Father, does your religion still require you to be celibate? <laughs> and the, 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 the priest said, yes, yes, rabbi, it does. So the rabbi said, look, you know, I don't know how to do this, but say this, but have you ever, you know, been with a woman, Father? And the priest said, yes, Rabbi, one time before I entered the priesthood, I succumbed to the pleasures of the flesh. So the priest and the rabbi thought about that for a while, and then the rabbi leaned over and said, Father, it beats the hell out of a ham sandwich. <laughs> Now, Abby, you ignore what I just said, okay? <laughs> Look, it is an extraordinary pleasure for me to be here. As I was telling some of, the, some of you at lunch today, uh, uh, I'm just so happy to be out of Washington and back in America. But, but, but I am incredibly happy to be in Florida. My wife's family, uh, I sort of grew up here. Not literally, but my wife's family has uh, had a place down in Dune Island since the 1970s. So I've been coming down here off and on for a long time and just watching 
the tremendous growth and your tremendous self-government. Um, you know, Florida, I was, I was thinking to, to last night on the plane coming down, Florida and Louisiana have some things in common. Florida's a little bigger than Louisiana, of course. Um, but uh, we were both admitted to the Union in the 1800s. Um, both states have two Republican senators. In fact, one of yours, Rick Scott, is coming up for re-election this time, a good man. Um, both Florida and Louisiana love the United States of America. Um, there are some differences between Louisiana and Florida. Those of you who have been to my state know that uh, in Louisiana, we, uh, we eat things that you would call an exterminator for to get out of your backyard. <laughs> but we know how to cook them. <laughs> but it, I really do appreciate you having me. Um, because I love any, Becky's been calling me all day, my, my spouse, my wife, saying, you know, how is it? How's everything? And I said, well, you know, you come down here every third week. It's just, it's great as usual. But I'm going to drive back tonight. Uh, we, we uh, uh, Sunday, don't forget, guys, Sunday's Mother's Day. And so I'm going to drive back tonight and assuming that Becky has not changed the locks on me, I'm going to... Uh, we're going to celebrate Mother's Day, and then I'm going to go back to Washington, D.C. Um, I wanted to spend just a few minutes talking to you about what I believe. And then, if it's okay, I'll take a few minutes for questions. That's okay. Um, I'm a, I, I believe that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we are blessed in America to be free. And the most cherished of all freedoms is our right to free speech. You are not free if you can't say what you think. You are not free if you cannot say what's on your mind. You're not. All the other freedoms, do not they're important, but they don't matter if you can't say what you think. And, and I try to do that. Um, I, I do, and I encourage you to. So I believe first that you, you, it's important to say what is on your mind. Now, um, how can I put this? Well, it, it is true. It's important. Now, that when I say what's on my mind, that makes some people mad. I know that. But, but I really try. I don't hate anybody. I'll talk about that more in a second. But, but you know, uh, I try not to worry. You can't. I try not to worry about what anybody thinks about me. Um, except dogs. I really like dogs. That's important <laughs> to me. Uh, dogs are, I'm a big dog guy. Uh, some of my friends sometimes will say, Kennedy, you know, we read this stuff about you on social media. How do you sleep at night knowing that some people hate you? And I tell them, with the fan on, you know? <laughs> because in my business, in my business, that's how you know whether you're doing your job. If you're making the right people mad. 
So you may agree with me tonight in terms of what I believe. You may disagree. Either way, that's cool. This is America. Cherish that freedom. So permit me to take a few minutes just to share with you what I believe. I believe first that the United States of America is star-spangled awesome. And you know what? The whole world knows it. The whole world knows it. Um, when was the last time you heard of somebody trying to sneak into China? <laughs> people want to come to America. America is so great that people in our country who hate America refuse to leave it. Let's don't lose sight of that. Um, what else do I believe? I believe... I believe that our country was, uh, was founded by geniuses, but at the moment it's being run by idiots. <laughs> Look, I've seen this firsthand. I'm, it still takes my breath away some days in Washington, D.C. Common sense is illegal in Washington, D.C. I look sometimes at some of the people up there and I think, how did these people make it through the birth canal? <laughs> I mean, it is, people talk about the Washington, D.C. bubble. It is for real. I believe that Republicans are not perfect. But the other side is crazy. Um, I believe that uh, um, the American people do not deserve to be governed by woke, nauseously woke, deeply weird people, as we are being governed, by nauseously woke, deeply weird people who, uh, who hate George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Dr. Zeus and Mr. Potato Head, uh, who, who, who hyperventilate on their yoga mats if you use the wrong throwdown, um, who think our children should be able to change genders at recess, who carry around uh, Ziploc bags of kale to give them energy and who think they are better than us. Americans don't deserve that. And by the way, as, as some of you have heard me say before, kale to me tastes like I'd rather be fat. <laughs> in fact, if you're cook look, if you like kale, God bless you. But in fact, if you're cooking kale, if you're, you know, heating it up, if you mix a little olive oil with the kale, it makes it easier to throw into the trash, okay? <laughs> It'll just slide right off the frying pan. I believe, look, I believe in what we accomplished when Republicans, our party, was in charge in Washington, D.C. When we controlled the presidency and the Senate and the House. 
And and just think about this. In 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 really, we were in total control only about uh, two and a half years. But in that short period of time, we uh, we cut taxes, we increased wages, we delivered three and a half percent unemployment rate. We had the lowest unemployment rate in the history of America for Hispanic Americans and African Americans. We created 7 million brand new jobs pre-COVID. We deregulated the economy. We controlled our border. We protected life. We controlled our streets. We strengthened our military. We stood up to China and Russia and North Korea and the Ayatollah in Iran. And we confirmed 234 of the finest women and men you will ever meet to the federal bench, including three new members of the United States Supreme Court. And I'm very, very proud of that record. <laughs> and we can do it again. We can do it again if we, when we have the opportunity, and we will. Um, I believe I don't hate anyone. I don't. I don't. I look for grace wherever I can find it. I do. When I say my prayers, one of the things I ask God for, I say, God, please don't let me hate. Because in the, in the, in the city where I spend most of my time, it's hard. It, it's hard. I mean, the deck is stacked against us. Washington, D.C., is a, 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 by far a majority Democratic town. That's okay. You're, you can belong to whatever party you want. But the, the media, I would say probably 90% of the members of the media that I interact with are, uh, are very, very, very left of center. And I was all, as I was also saying at lunch, everybody laughed, but I meant it. You know, there are times... Um, in the morning when I, I live in a little overpriced Capitol Hill apartment about a block from the Capitol. Uh, I rented it furnished. It's kind of early Salvation Army, <laughs> but works fine for me. But there are mornings when I leave my apartment, I'm walking over the Capitol and I give myself a little pep talk and I say, Kennedy, you know, today you're going to follow Jesus. And by 10 o'clock, I still want to follow Jesus, but I want to slap the hell out of somebody, okay? <laughs> so it's hard, and I constantly remind myself, don't hate. And I don't hate anybody. I, I, we, the, the senators are together a lot. We know each other well. I don't hate a single one of my colleagues. Um, so, so I say that because I, I want you to understand the context in which I'm about to make this statement. Let me say it again. I don't hate anyone. For that reason, I say this very gently. The Biden administration sucks. <laughs> I mean, it does. Yes, yes. I wish it didn't. But the, the president, bless his heart, he has mismanaged Congress. He's mismanaged covid He's mismanaged the economy. He's mismanaged inflation. He's mismanaged crime. He's mismanaged bo the border. He mismanaged Afghanistan. 
Uh, I mean, the, the, the top, I mean, the president's in charge of Afghanistan while COVID is going. The, the Taliban got Blackhawks, unvaccinated Americans got fired. Uh, the president, he's, he's, he's embraced cancel culture. He has forfeited America's energy independence. Um, what else? He, 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 um, he, he, and that's important because we produce more energy than we can possibly consume. And if the president would allow us, we could help some of our friends in other countries. And it doesn't give me any joy to say that, but that's the president's record. And it's been spectacularly awful. And for two years, God bless him, for two years, he's been pushing on a door that is clearly marked pull. <laughs> and you just, I do, I want to say to him, Mr. President, because I've met with him, not a lot, but, but I, I, I've spent time with him, and, and he is a nice man. But, but I just want to say to him, Mr. President, don't be offended, but you just, you got to try harder not to suck. I mean, it's, you just got to do better. Um, what else do I believe? I believe the best social program is a job. The best social program is a job. If, if you don't have a job, if you can work, if you don't have a job, you're not healthy, you are not happy, and you are not free. Those who can work should work. Now, the American people, we are the most generous people in the entire world. We are. In our country, if you're hungry, we feed you. If you're homeless, we house you. If you're sick, we'll, get you, we'll pay for your doctor. They don't do that in other countries. They don't let you die in a ditch. But in America, we're different. And, the, you know, and this money doesn't just come, fall from heaven. We thank heaven for it. You pay in taxes. We all help people less fortunate than we are. And I'm, I support that. But if you can work, you should work. Because these programs, they're expensive. And these programs were meant to be bridges, not parking lots. Um, I believe that if you worked hard in your life and you earned it, you should get to keep most of it. Why? Because you earned it. You didn't steal it. You earned it. And I have never understood. There's this attitude in Washington that makes no sense to me. Um, if you want to keep, we all pay taxes. We know that. We need to. It's the price you pay to live in an organized, civilized society. But if, if you want to keep most of what you earned, they call you greedy. But when people want to take what you earned and give it to somebody else, and you call them greedy, they go, no, you're the greedy person. It just makes no sense to me. Um, here, here's a secret. Here's why Congress runs deficits. Congress does not run deficits because we tax too little. Congress runs deficits because we spend too much. And if we keep going at the rate that we are going, we're going to change the name, have to change the name of the Department of Treasury to the Department of the Debt. 
because there's no longer any treasure there. I believe that all life is precious. And I say to those, and I know that it's a, abortion is a difficult issue. We have been discussing it as human beings for thousands of years. On some things we can probably agree, on some things we would respectfully disagree. But I still believe, and I bet you do too, that all life is precious. And I say shame on those people who actually celebrate. They do. They celebrate abortion. Um, I, I, I'm proud of this. I believe that the, the Republican Party is the party of parents. Why is that? Because I think we understand much more so than our Democratic colleagues. How can I put this? If you don't love your child, your child's not going to stop loving you. Your child is going to stop loving himself. We don't just pass on to our children our genes. We pass on to them our values. And that's a big part of the problem in America today. A lot of people don't like to talk about it, but it's a big part of the problem. Um, I believe that no parent, no parent should be required to send their child to a failing school, a failure factory where violence is common and learning is rare. Look, I, I, can't, I can't stand here and tell you without looking it up in proper order the first six presidents of the United States in proper order. But I will never forget, as long as I live, my first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, or sixth grade teacher. Teachers matter. Now, I think every child can learn. Some kids don't have a good home life. Home life. I don't, you can't legislate parents, pass a law making parents care about their kids. We take our kids as we find them. But, but as Americans, we can unravel the, the human genome we can take a, 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 a diseased human heart and replace it with a new one and make it beat. We can send a person to the moon. I refuse to believe that we can't teach our kids how to read and write when we have 18 years to do it. And in my opinion, what we have to do, it begins at the state and local level. We need no excuses schools. Every child can learn. Um... And we also need to lift up our teachers, but, but with accountability. We need to find out which of our teachers can teach and pay them like the professionals they are. But we've also got to find out which of our teachers can't teach and either teach them how or tell them to find a new line of work. Um, what else do I believe? Let me look at my notes here. I believe that we ought to have an election day, not an election month. You know, that's 90% that's, that's of our problem. And I believe that you ought 
to be required to prove you are who you say you are in order to vote. I believe that illegal immigration is illegal. Duh. I mean, unless you peaked in high school, you know that. And I don't understand why President Biden doesn't know that. Uh, I believe that if gun control laws worked, and Lord, we've got plenty of them. We, there's, you, can, you can take all our gun control laws and, and stack them up here and, and stand on, and on them and punch through that ceiling. But if gun control laws worked, Chicago would be Mayberry. And it's not. It's the world's largest outdoor shooting range. And Chicago has the most stringent gun control laws, maybe, in the world. Uh, what else? I, I, here's one. I believe, I've been watching the news like you have over the last year or two. I believe we're going to have to get some new conspiracy theories. Because <laughs> all the old ones turned out to be true. I mean, think about it. You know, look at Twitter. Elon Musk, he didn't, he didn't buy a company, he bought a crime scene. <laughs> I remember that? Oh, we're not censoring anybody. You know, God. I believe that weakness invites the wolves. I believe that. I wish it didn't. But, you know, there's just some people in this world. I, if I make it to heaven, I'm going to ask why. You know, there's some people in this world that they're, they're not mixed up. They're not confused. They're not sick. It's not their, that their daddy or mama didn't love them enough. Maybe they didn't, but it's no excuse. They're just bad people. And some of them are running countries. They are. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I, I could name several, but the one, of course, that comes to our mind foremost is China. Now, I, I love the people of China. I've been there many times, but I don't love President Xi, and I don't love the Communist Party of China. President Xi clearly has a taste for blood. Um, but this is a hard man. And these are all hard men, and I say men intentionally. You don't see any females in the Politburo of the Communist Party in China. And this, he understands. I have looked senior Chinese officials in the eye. They understand strength. Weakness invites the wolves. Peace through weakness never works. It doesn't. I don't want a hot war. I don't want a cold war. All I want from China is to be a responsible member of a stable world order. But we're not going to achieve that with hugs and hot cocoa. We're not. Um, what else? I believe that exercise makes you look better naked. <laughs> But so does alcohol. <laughs> okay, that's enough. You guys, now, let me say a word about race, okay? 
Let me say a word about race. We're not supposed to talk about race anymore. Uh, I don't see how we can be in a big, wide, open, diverse country if we can't talk about our what we have in common and our differences and talk about different cultures and different skin colors. I believe that America's not perfect, but we're good. Now, we have to face history and reality. America caught the disease of slavery. We did. But we beat it back. And after we beat it back, we passed civil rights law after civil rights law after civil rights law. We passed, let's see, I wrote them down. We passed civil rights laws in 1866, 1871, 1875, 1960, 1964, 1968, 1990, and 1991, and there's some I probably left out. Um, and the truth is that we, sh we should celebrate the racial progress we've made in this country. And the truth is, with, with some exceptions, we all know there are exceptions. But what most Americans don't think any, that much anymore about race. They think about character. Because they understand that, that souls have no color. And they understand that, that, as my people back home would put it, to a bear we all taste like chicken. <laughs> but some of my Democratic colleagues are just obsessed with race and gender and sexuality. And they put people in these categories and they assign you a status. All white people are racist, they say. All women are oppressed. All people of color are, are, are victims. That's true of some people in those categories, but you can't just look at a person and tell everything about that person by what you see. I mean, what planet did these people parachute in from? Um, I'm almost done. <laughs> now I'm going to take questions. I believe that our, have y'all been to Arlington National Cemetery? I have. It's unbelievable. If you, if you haven't go, if, uh, if you've been once, go a second time. I believe that Arlington National Cemetery contains 400,000 reasons why you should stand your ass up for the national anthem. Let me end on a positive note. I believe that our future, America's future, our future, our kids' future can be better than our present or our past. I believe that. I also believe we're only as good as our dreams and that we are only as valuable as our children. But I'm not going to bubble wrap it, folks. I'm not. The water in Washington, D.C. is not going to clear up until we get the pigs out of the creek. It's not. And nobody is coming to save us but ourselves. 
No one is coming to save us but ourselves. If we want to keep our country, we're going to have to stand up for it. Now, the Washington elites, you know what I'm talking about. The people who, uh, well, you got two groups of them in charge. One are the, are, are the, 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 uh, the wokers, the nauseously woke, um, I don't know, I call them whack jobs. I get in trouble when I do. But you've got another group that kind of go along with it, the Washington elites. They live in the, uh, the expensive Georgetown condos with the high ceilings and the expensive art on the wall, and, and, and uh, uh, they drink coffee that takes 10 or more words to order. Uh, and, and that's okay. They can live like that if they want, but they think they're smarter and more virtuous than the rest, rest of the American people. They do. They think they're so smart and so virtuous. And President Biden has put them all in positions of power that, that, that we should all just do what we're told because they know how to run our lives better than we do. And if we, if we would just do what we're told and listen to them, they'll let us eat meat occasionally. <laughs> they think this. But, but this group, they call us deplorables. They say we're not real people. But we are real people. And we need to get real mad. And we need to stand up for what we believe and speak out. Look, I, I, I don't know how my story's going to end. I don't. Uh, but I'm going to stand up. Until my people in Louisiana tell me to come home, I'm going to stand up. I don't know how my, my story's going to end, but I'll tell you this. Nobody will ever say, Kennedy quit. Thank y'all. Abby, that part about alcohol, forget about that part, okay? I, I'm picking on her. I, she's such a beautiful young lady. I met her at lunch. She, she's great. Okay, questions. Ross, would you take this for me, mate? Yes, sir. I'll get everybody. Where's that coffee, mate? Go ahead. Yes, sir. You don't have to stand up. You can if you want to. Okay. Do I need to back up? <laughs> Yes, sir. And the Rust Belt. And to survive, we had overhead cut after overhead cut after overhead cut. We had 20% cuts, 10% cuts. It went on and on and on. When is the government, instead of raising the debt limit, going to start laying off some of these bums? You know, every major successful company in America, and we've got a bunch of them, knows how to modernize and downsize when it needs to, or they die. And it is a very good question. Why can't government? I'll tell you one of the reasons. It is, it is in Washington, D.C., the Democrats have made it easier to divorce your spouse than to fire somebody. That's true. Um, now, the numbers are the numbers. I'm not going to take you through it, 
But we have now reached a point in America when, when, when we are borrowing more than we're producing. And unless you were in the quad playing Frisbee during Econ 101, you know that leads to inflation. I'm very proud of Speaker McCarthy and Majority Leader Scalise. <laughs> President Biden, without a plan of his own, dared him and said, well, the House is, is, is pretty even. We have a majority but only slight, and, and McCarthy and Scalise cannot put together a plan. Well, by God, they did. They voted. The United States House of Representatives voted not to default on America's debt, but they have sent to the president some very reasonable, commonsensical ways to reduce the rate of spending and debt accumulation. Now, the ball's in the president's court. And he said he's not, he's not going to negotiate. Uh, that's up to him. But he will be responsible for defaulting on America's debt. I think he will negotiate because you know what? If he defaults on America's debt, he is he is a smoked turkey. Now I I know I, I'm not an expert at many things, if any, but I know how to read a poll. And his poll numbers are going down like a fat guy on a seesaw. <laughs> okay? And he, he can read a poll, too. So we'll see who blinks first. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well... Let me say this first. Um, I don't know who's going to be president of the United States. I don't. I mean, when the press asks me, I, I tell them, here's my prediction. The experts will be wrong. <laughs> they always are. But that's way above my pay grade. And it's a long way until the election. What I'm spending a lot of my time doing is trying to take back the United States Senate. And I'm going to be spending a lot of my time in raising as much money as I can to help our candidates in West five state, or five states only. West, these are the battleground states. West Virginia, Ohio, Montana, Nevada, and Wisconsin. I would add Arizona, add Arizona, but I don't understand Arizona anymore. <laughs> um Some people in my state, we have early voting. I got to tell you, I hate early voting. But my people love it. And the legislature passed it. So we, I say, let's go work, work as hard to get the early vote as we do to get the election day vote. But whether you vote early, whether you vote by mail, whatever your legislature decides is legal, because that's who gets to make the decision on legislature. Let's have an election day, yes. not an election month. If you if you mail ballot, do a mail ballot, fine if the legislature says, but it's got to be in and counted because that's where we get in trouble. No matter who wins, the loser, if it takes a month, is never going to accept the results completely. And I think that's where we've been going wrong. I do. 
Uh, and I also believe, as I said, you got, it, it, it's perfectly reasonable to me to say you got to prove you are who you say you are to vote. Absolutely. Who else? Let me get somebody here and then I'll come back to you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for your service. Well, you're right. But I can't make the president. You can't fix somebody who doesn't want to be fixed. Now, the president says, oh, it's a hard problem. Let me tell you, we can have the border secure in a month. And the American people want it secure. The American people, they may not meet read Socrates every day because they're busy earning a living, but they're not stupid. American people understand the difference between legal and illegal immigration. Uh, we could secure the border within a month. Here's how we ought to do it. We could do it. And President Biden knows this. Number one, the law is pretty clear. It's been on the books forever. If you try to sneak in America without pro proper credentials and vetting and you get caught, you get deported. You can also be sent to jail. President Biden's not deporting anybody. We've had 5 million people come in since he's been president. We have the slightest idea who they are. Number two, you know about, we have a, a rule in America, many countries do, that if you're the subject of political persecution in another country, you can go to a safe country and say, I'm being politically persecuted, would you take me in? That's being abused. 80% of the people coming into our country who are claiming asylum are not subjects of political persecution. They're not. And once they go to court, it's proven. If you come into our country and you lie in terms of claiming asylum, that's against the law. You're supposed to be deported. They're not being deported. Number three. All the president would have to do tomorrow is say, look, if, you're com if you come in and, and you're, 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 you don't have the credentials and you're coming in illegally and we catch you, we're sending you back across the border to Mexico. Now, I have great respect for Mexico. And I have great respect for President Lopez Obrador. And in some cases, he's doing better lately. He, he is taking the position, well, he doesn't agree with that, with us sending folks back from whence they came in his country. And my response to President Lopez Obrador is, look, Mr. President, no disrespect, but call somebody who cares, <laughs> okay? They're coming through your country into ours illegally. We're not sending them anywhere. We're just saying you're not coming in. Number four, most countries have a, what's called a safe third country policy. Um, if you're coming, let's say, from Venezuela, Maduro is sending a lot of his people to America. 
And many of these foreign despots, they want people to come to America because somebody from Venezuela, for example, gets into America illegally. They get a job illegally. They make money. They send some of it back home. And it's good for the economy of Venezuela. But most countries have a safe third country policy where it says, look, if you say you're a political refugee, you have to seek asylum status in the first safe country you get to. So if you're in Venezuela and you come into, let's say, Guatemala, that's where you have to seek asylum. You don't get to pick and choose. You can't say, nope, 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 I think I'm going to come on into America. All the president would have to do is say, our new policy is that you seek asylum status in the first safe country. And this problem would be solved. And it's nothing new because that's what we were doing when President Biden took office. But here's what's going on. The President Biden, he believes in open borders. I mean, nobody's this incompetent, right? And the people that he's put in charge, um, they, they believe that vetting people at the border is racist. Not I, most every other country I know of thinks it's prudent. Now this the rescission of Title Forty Two is scary. Okay, and they're trying to do a little better right now, but I think I'm afraid it's going to be too little, too late. What else? I can do a couple more. Yes, ma'am. I'll I'll try to get everybody. Remember, my wife could change the locks on me now. I got to get home tonight. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'll kind of do two more. We got time? I'll do two more. This is Ross White, who runs things in Louisiana for him. He, run, he also runs my life, but he's a good man. Yes, ma'am. That's a great question. Uh, and I know you haven't, but you got to believe and have confidence in the American people. And I mean it. Most Americans don't read Socrates every day because they're too busy earning a living. Most Americans get up every day, go to work, obey the law, pay their taxes, try to save a little money for retirement, try to keep their kids, teach their kids values. A lot of my Democratic friends mock them for that. But they know what's going on. They may not stay glued to TV all the time because they're earning a living, thank the Lord. But they're not stupid. They may be poorer under President Biden, but they haven't become stupider. And they get this more than you think. Much more than you think. But the reason they get it, you don't have to be ugly. And I try not to be ugly because honest to God, I swear to God and all the angels, I don't, I don't hate anybody. I try and work at it. 
but say what you think. Say what you think. And it gets through. You, you know, the, the, the border mess started two years ago, as soon as President Biden took office. And the only there was one cable station that covered it. It was Fox. But they kept pounding and kept pounding. And we kept, we as senators, we kept going down there. And, of course, a lot of the other TV stations would follow us down there. And we kept publicizing it. I turned on, uh, I got in late last night and I turned on the TV. It was on CNN. You know what they were talking about? The border. It's cut through. You've got to be relentless. You've got to be relentless. You've got to say what you believe. Yes, sir. Okay, that's great. And they were discussing, uh, the Secretary of Defense was there, discussing how that China has outpaced us with uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. So yeah. the, our ships, our submarines, our combined jets. Then I go to bed two days ago, wake up and find the Department of Defense budget for 2024 is halted. That was supposed to go into effect yesterday. Right. behind the curve. We're playing, we're playing games on Capitol Hill. What are we to do? Okay. Um, I mean, China, I, let me say it again, I don't want a hot war with China. I don't want a cold war with China. Um, but I, I, I've spent enough time with Chinese officials to understand that uh, they uh, you can't just hug it out with them. You know? Weakness, peace through weakness has never worked. And it's certainly not going to work with President Xi. And President Xi, you cannot trust him. You know, I, I've said before, I wouldn't turn my back on President Xi if he was two days dead. <laughs> now, having said that, and China is, they're building that military. They're building a, a nuclear, um, their nuclear capabilities as well. Almost not perfect in China. China's got problems. Um, their, 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 their population growth is slowing. Uh, the Chinese people are not having babies. You know, for a while they were told they can't have more than, than uh, uh, one child. And then the, the, the Communist Party realized they're making a mistake and starts going, have children, have children. Too late. Um, so their population, India, is now bigger than China. Their workforce is not growing. They're getting older. The Chinese people are getting older. They have no safety nets. They don't have Social Security or Medicare. Um, they've borrowed enormous amounts of money. They've got a housing crisis. Uh, thanks to... to uh, and he deserves credit for this. President Trump was the first president I'm aware of to stand up to China. You know, we, we admitted China. China became wealthy because of the United States of America. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the Chinese people, and I don't hate the Chinese people. They work hard. 
But we admitted China, and China wouldn't have gotten in without our, our support. We admitted China to the World Trade Organization on December 11th, 2001. China started cheating December 12th. <laughs> and we, they stole our intellectual property and they had state-subsidized companies. All those illegal as hell, we just let them do it. And every time some, some of us would say, hey, wait a minute, and say, oh, just be patient with China. As their middle class goes stronger, they'll adopt Western values, you know? Um, and, and then all of a sudden, we realized. And to his credit, President Trump said, no, enough. Now, we don't want to be enemy, but you're going to play by the rules. We'll win that fight. I don't want to have the fight, but we're not going to do it being complacent. We're just not. And, and I know they're, I don't like us being in, in Ukraine, but let me tell you what's going on in Ukraine. I'm coming. Suzanne. I'm not scared of my team. I'm scared of this lady. Okay, this is the last one then. Let me just make this, just wait, wait, wait. Let me make this point because Ukraine's important and I know some of you oppose it. I want to tell you why I support it. Here's what's going on in Ukraine. I don't see it as an act of charity. I see it as an act of self-preservation. Here's what's happening. President Xi in China is the quarterback. He's working with President Putin and the Ayatollah in Iran. And it's no accident that they decided to make this move in Ukraine when President Biden was president. Their goal is to have Russia dominate Central and Eastern Europe, President Xi dominate the Indo-Pacific, be able to make a move into Sub-Saharan Africa, and also move on us in South America. They're doing it as we speak. And their goal is to have the Ayatollah in Iran, who is crazy as a bed bug, uh, uh, dominate the Middle East. And that is not a, a world that is safe for America. It is not. It is not. Now, I believe in talking and diplomacy, but so many of President Biden's diplomats, they want to... They want, we're in the middle of a prison fight, and they want to quote Socrates. <laughs> and, and that's why I support. What we need to do in Ukraine is stop screwing around. Give Ukraine what it needs. Let them take back some of their territory. Uh, Putin will, will, will run like a scalded dog and sue for peace. We can negotiate a good deal. And Putin will not survive it because he has destroyed the, the uh, uh, Russia, made them a pariah throughout the world as long as he's there. But what I don't understand is the Biden administration sort of like, well, we don't want to win, but we don't want to lose. Um, guys, I got to go. <laughs> Listen, I thank you for having me. Thank you all. You've been listening to a very special edition of the Driveway Liberty Podcast.